Jesus. Okay, so here's where we are. We're in Acts 17. And that was, that was a reminder of what, what we've been talking about. So Acts 17, here's, here's the story, what's been going on up till now. There's a guy named Paul. He came face to face with Jesus. He hated Jesus. He hated the people that followed Jesus. But somebody had prayed for him. That person who had prayed for him was, the, was one of the guys he'd killed. It was a guy named Stephen. And Jesus answered Stephen's prayer and brought this guy named Paul face to face with Jesus. And Paul became one of the most powerful representatives of Jesus that has ever lived. He wrote about half of the New Testament. And he went out and proclaimed Jesus to many, many people. And so in chapter 17, he's been kicked around, put down, beaten. And now he's brought from a town called Berea, which we talked about last time, six months ago, before COVID. He's been brought from a town named Berea where people were freaking out and rioting because of what he was teaching. And these guys who cared about him brought him to Athens. You guys have heard of Athens, right? They bring him to Athens. Let me just read the last bit of what we studied last time. The brothers immediately sent Paul to the coast, but Silas and Timothy stayed at Berea because there's great things happening in Berea. The men who escorted Paul brought him to Athens and then left with instructions for Silas and Timothy to join him as soon as possible. And that's where we stopped and COVID hit. So we're going to study just the next couple verses, and then we're going to break it into small groups. But this is what we're, what we're uh, going to read today. So this is in Acts 17. What I just read was verse 15, 14 and 15, and now verse 16 of Acts 17. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens. Okay, here's what I want you guys to do. Take your pen, take your Bible. Would you circle the word Waiting. And let me ask you this. What was Paul waiting for? Oh, yeah. Thanks, Prajwal. He's handing out Bibles. If you guys need a Bible, Prajwal is a Bible delivery guy. He'll hand you one. Anybody need one? Okay. If you got your own Bible, circle in your Bible the word waiting, okay? What's, what's Paul waiting for? He's waiting for his buds, Silas and Timothy, now, why is, why is he waiting for them? Because that, that's right. He's on a mission. And he's got these two guys who are, he's training, but they're his partners, and they have, a, they have a plan to do something else. He wasn't planning to go to Athens. He ended up in Athens because of a bad thing that happened in the past couple towns. They brought him to Athens. They were like, dude, you've got to stay here until Silas and Timothy catch up with you. So he's waiting. And here's what I want you guys to think about right now. All of you are in some way or another waiting for the next chapter of your lives to begin. I want you to just think about this. What is it that you're waiting for? What are you waiting for? You don't have to answer that out loud, but just think about it. What is, what is the next, what, next thing? My son, Kyle, he is waiting for Japan or Philippines to open up. He's doing all of his classes online, so the minute that he gets that 
COVID restrictions are, are lowered. He's in Japan or in the Philippines. He's like, Dad, I can do my classes from there. What are you guys waiting for? Just think about that. And here's what I want you to see. That while Paul is waiting for the next chapter of his mission from Jesus to begin, what I want you guys to see is he doesn't waste any time. His waiting isn't waiting watching some more movies. He doesn't waste any time. And so here's what this means for you guys. As you're waiting for the next chapter of your life to begin, especially during this COVID time, don't waste your life. Every day counts. Every minute counts. I've got, how many days I got before I turn 80? 8,998, I think. You guys can check for me, seriously. You know why, why now? Because every day counts. Every day counts. I got 9,998 days to serve Jesus. And I'm not letting any stupid COVID virus cause me to waste one minute of my time. Join me in this, guys. Join me. Yeah, we're all waiting for something. We're waiting. You know who's waiting the most? Jesus. Hebrews 10.13 says that since that time when he died and rose and conquered death, that since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. He's been waiting a lot longer than you. So guys, let's not waste one minute of our time. We all know people who wasted the past six months. People who had complained. Are you guys cold? Is anybody cold? If you guys are, I think you guys are cold. You can, yeah, ben, you want to just, you adjust that. Tell Ben what to do if you guys are cold. People who had complained. Think about this. There are people that you know who over the past six months, people who had complained about never having enough time. Man, I don't got enough time. To, yeah, I know I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to exercise. I'm supposed to spend time with these people. And I never have time to do everything I'm supposed to do. Who over the past six months, instead of doing all the things that they said they were going to do, instead watch stupid movies and did a bunch of other stupid stuff and didn't produce anything. They, instead, they counted COVID cases on TV. They forfeited their freedom because of fear. And they waited and waited and waited. Guys, let's not do that. Let's be like Paul. I want you to see Paul as your example. He faced deadly threat after deadly threat and ends up in Athens he didn't plan to go to Athens. So as he's sitting there in Athens, just think about how he feels. I mean, he was going to be in Berea. He was going to be in Thessalonica. Instead, he's in Athens. How does he feel? How do you think he feels, guys? Well, it tells us how he feels. It tells us exactly how he feels. Think about this. He feels about the way you'd feel if you ended up in Athens. He knows nobody. He knows nobody there. Big city. And it says that he's, you guys see this? In verse, still in verse 16, he was greatly distressed. 
But what I want you guys to notice is what he's distressed about. He's distressed to see. He's not distressed because he, does, because he doesn't like Greek food. He's, he's not distressed because of himself. He's distressed because he looks around and sees problems in this city that are the result of, what does it say? A city that was full of idols. Everywhere he looks, there are idols. Okay, guys, let's, let's just talk about idols. Think about idols. What's an, what is an idol? Let's talk about what is an idol. And let's talk about why it's such a big deal to God that people don't worship idols. Okay? So what's an idol? Something you put above God. Okay, good. Something. So, so what's the difference between an idol and a false god? The same thing. What's the difference? of God, I guess. So it's like a misrepresentation of the Lord. They're worshiping something else. While an idol is just something that you have prioritized over God. And sometimes those can be the same. Like idols can be the same thing as false gods, but false gods aren't. Or false gods can be idols, but idols aren't always false gods. Okay. Okay. Let me t- let, let, these are good. Yeah. Okay. Think about this. What's a fa- let's, t- let's talk about what a false god is. What's a false god? Okay, so, uh, uh, a deity that claims allegiance from people other than God. Are there, are there, are there such deities out there? Absolutely. Now, I think a lot of Americans don't have that in their theology. I think they think because there's one supreme God that there's somehow not spiritual forces out there. Because there are spiritual forces out there, and we can, you know, we've talked about this before. But these fallen angels who have not yet been sent to the lake of fire, who people worship and actually pay homage to in order for some level of safety or some, some level of reward, have people captivated because they believe that they have to follow them. Okay? These are, these are spiritual forces. The fact that they're spiritual forces means they're not physical. So what is an idol? An idol is a physical representation of the gods that people worship. Does that make sense? The difference between a false god and an idol is the god is non-physical. The idol is the image or the attempted image of that god. Okay? Does that make sense, guys? Okay. So, sometimes an idol is a a physical representation of a false god. And sometimes an idol is an attempted physical representation of the one true God. And there's, there's people who use idols at times in an attempt to worship the one true God. In fact, this happened all the time in the Old Testament. The, do you remember the calf, the golden calf that the, the Israelites made in the wilderness? You guys remember this? Who were they? Who did they think they were making that image of? If you read it, you find out that they believed that they were making an image to Yahweh God. Okay, so in their mind, they were worshiping. They were using this as a 
form of worship of the true God. Okay, but God says that the both are wrong. Where does he say that? We'll say it again. Exodus. Okay, where does it say in Exodus? Exodus. Where, where are the Ten Commandments sound? Exodus 20. You guys can look at Exodus. Has anybody got the Ten Commandments memorized? Raise your hand if you do. Good. The Myers girls, yeah. Your mom and dad taught you right. Good. Have you obeyed all of them? One says yes and one says no. Has she obeyed all of them? Are you lying? You, you, just, you, just, you just broke one of the Ten Commandments. You're lying. <laughs> if anybody tells you that they've obeyed all the Ten Commandments, just say, are you lying? And if they say they're lying, if they're not lying, they're lying. Okay. Sorry, Maddie. You're almost... Sorry for embarrassing you. No, she doesn't like insistence. No, I like, we've probably all obeyed them. Thank you. Thank you for digging me out of the hole I just dug for myself. I prayed that I, I prayed that I wouldn't say anything I wasn't supposed to say, and I think I just did. Now, now I, I've made you mad two times today. Sorry. Okay. Guys, Ten Commandments found in Exodus 20. What does it say? I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. First commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. Second commandment, you shall not make yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or in the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. Thank you. Punishing, or actually the more correct way to say it, is visiting the iniquity of the parents upon the children of the third and fourth generation. Now, we can talk about that. That's another subject. This does not mean that the children are punished for the sins of the parents. That's not what this says. And some, some of the translations don't quite get this right. But that, the, that children suffer because of the sins of the parents, because those parents worship something in their lives that, was, that, that they worshiped in their mind greater than God. And that affects the children. That's what that's about. But here's what I want you to say. Those first two commandments of God is you will not have any God to worship other than me. And you will not make an image to worship. Now, why is God so concerned that people don't worship idols? Why does he care? Think about what God wants for people. What is it that God wants for, for you? Amen. You've been studying the right theology. He wants us to be satisfied in him. And if we don't see him or know him as he really is, then it's like you get married to, well, to the person that you thought you were going to marry and find out it wasn't really the, the right, that wasn't really who you thought he was. God wants us to know him as he is without any misrepresentation. Okay, guys, understand this. He wants you, you to be fully satisfied in truth. The truth will set you free. You guys with me? Okay. In every attempt that an artist makes 
to describe what God looks like, he fails. Who's a good artist here? Come on, Shannon. Okay. Shannon, we want you to draw a picture of... We want you to draw a picture of Charlie. Who's Charlie? You got to guess. That's Charlie. Okay, that's Charlie. You got 30 seconds to draw a picture of Charlie. We might give you 35 if we're nice. Okay, thank you. Very good. Why are you guys clapping? Were you clapping, Charlie? Even Charlie clapped. Now, Charlie, there's I'm gonna there's a girl that I got in mind for you. And I'm going to show her a picture of that and say, I want to introduce you to a guy that I want you to give your life to. Do you think she'd buy it? He's a great guy. And he's really a little, he looks even a little bit better than this picture. Just a little bit. And he's nice. Are you convinced? So here's the, the no girl's going to marry Charlie based on this. <laughs> okay, guys, this is why God hates idolatry. Because when, when God calls people to himself, he wants them to know who he really is, not some bad impression. Sorry, not some good impression of who Charlie. We only gave you 32 seconds, so... Uh, but guys, you guys understand what I'm saying? No image represents God the way they're supposed to. Is that right? I want you to think about it. Is God physical? How's that? Jesus. The physical representation of God is found only in Jesus. No carving of stone, no painting on canvas. The only physical representation of God is Jesus. Where in the Bible do we find that truth? Amen. He is the image of the invisible God. That's right. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Where else? Colossians 2 9 also. All the fullness of God dwells in bodily form in Christ. And then you guys remember the night before Jesus died and Philip is like, come on, Jesus, you, we've been with you all this time and would you just show us the Father? And what does Jesus say? He's like, don't you recognize me, Philip? Anybody who's seen me has seen the Father. There is a perfect image of God in physical form. That's Jesus. 
You guys want to know what God looks like? Look at Jesus. He is the answer. So let me ask you guys this. In the world around us, are there people that you know of who are caught in the deceptiveness of worshiping God in a form that they can understand simply because they wish they could touch him and so they worship that thing rather than him? Do you guys know people like this? Sure. What are the idols that the, that the culture around you invites people to worship? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we, I think in this, in this materialistic culture that we live in, where people don't actually believe that these deities are real, the devil uses a different kind of deceitfulness. But the effect is the same. The people who live for money above God, they participate in idolatry. They just don't think that it's worship, and therefore, maybe it's more dangerous and more harmful. What else? Technology. What else? Jobs. If I, I, if I could just get that dream job, I could be happy forever. And God says, no, you can't. You can't find satisfaction in anything but me. Okay, what else? A spouse. If I could just get that guy, if I could just get that girl, if I could just have a, it, it doesn't have to be that guy, but give me a guy. Give me a girl. I could be happy. And they live for that. And yet, even if they get it, get him, get her, they don't satisfy. What else? So the praise of man. If I could just get people to like me. I think of all the things that you guys just mentioned, probably the, the one that's, that has been the biggest temptation for me to worship is, is that as I grew up. Like, would, some, would, would one person like me? Could I find somebody who actually thought I was worth anything? Now, of course, now you guys all like me, I know. But I, I remember the time in my life where I thought, will any, will any woman ever love me? Will anybody think I'm good? You guys know what I'm talking about. That's confession. But that's a huge one. What else, guys? Security. I got to be safe. I think, I think this is a huge one right now. Comfort, of course, has been a huge idol in this country for a long time. But the idea of I got to be safe, I got to be safe. This is the safest country in the world. And yet people are terrified that they might not be able to hang on to life a little bit longer. You guys got the news for, which is bad news. They can't hang into life. Life comes from God alone. Okay, what other idols? What are, the, what are the idols that you've seen? I mean, with every idol that people worship, they face the dis a certain kind of disappointment. So if you found disappointed people out there, it's because they're worshiping an idol that they put higher than God. Laziness. Laziness, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I, that I'm going to live my life for me, and I don't want to do any work to make it happen. Okay, now let me ask you, guys, let's make this personal. 
Just let the Lord examine your heart. Are there any idols in your life? Is there anything that you would rather have than Jesus? Is there anything that if it was taken away from you would cause you to stop worshiping God? And before you say, no way, just think about what's happened over the past week or the past six months. Has, is there any relationship that has caused you or the loss of a relationship that has caused you to stop worshiping Jesus? Or is, any, is the way that somebody treated you caused you to stop worshiping Jesus? Or has the failure to achieve some goal or lose some job or laziness or the fear of COVID or being stuck in Athens like Paul was, will that cause you to stop worshiping Jesus? If any of those things, as you look back, have caused you to stop worshiping Jesus, you've got a problem with idolatry. And the terrible reality is that we all do. We've all found ourselves at times loving things more than we love him. If it was that way, we'd be perfect people. And we're not there yet. So the remedy is admitting that. God, my heart is prone to love things more than you. Oh, God, change my heart. Teach me to love you more than anything else. Teach me the truth of what Maddie just sang for us. All I have in you is more than enough. Teach me to live with the reality of that truth. Because we want that, but we're not strong enough to make it happen. And we need his help. Okay, guys, let's, let's stop there. Let's take... Let's do this. Let's take the last few minutes in small groups. Um, I think we got 35 people here. Let's just take the rooms upstairs. and Or some of you can stay down. Let's see. Who's, who wants, who, which of our leaders is leading a small group tonight? Okay. Charlie, lead, you lead down here. Noah, you lead upstairs in that room. Um, who else? Get one or two more. Okay, Nick. You take you take that room up there, and and who wants the room up there? Okay, Sean, you take the room up there. So we get so you guys just just go to one of those rooms. If it was Charlie standing here, and let's take the next fifteen minutes and um, just just blow through those discussion questions of, um, that that relate to what we've been talking about tonight, and then close in prayer, and then we're done. Okay, let's go.